Welcome to Talking Biotech, the podcast dedicated to exploring the latest advancements in biotechnology, sponsored by Calabra, the R&D software that accelerates scientific discovery with AI. Each week, we'll dive into the latest innovations and discoveries with industry leaders and pioneers. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Fulta. Greetings, Talking Biotech listeners. Welcome to a special clarifications episode on the Talking Biotech podcast. Now here's your host, Kevin Volta. Yeah, hi everybody and happy Thanksgiving. It's um, kind of an odd episode today that I had to get done because it uh, needed to be done. Now, I usually don't timestamp these episodes because I want them to be kind of durable capsules in time that uh, are agnostic towards when they were produced. But um, this one needs to happen now based upon the last podcast I produced. It's not about being right, it's about getting it right. And over the last week, I expressed a lot of concern about that brochure being circulated by Food Democracy Now!, And it's the one that made the claim that there's glyphosate, uh, alarmingly high poisonous levels of glyphosate found in all of your, uh, well, many of your uh, grocery store items. Things like Cheerios, Oreos, that kind of thing. And at first blush, based on the information provided, there was clearly a high likelihood that the levels reported could not be real based solely on the methods as reported. And these came from the analytical chemistry lab. They came from Food Democracy Now! in their flyer. It was a skeleton of the methods. And the methods would be completely insufficient to make the claims they are making if those were indeed the methods. And so I feel that I'm I'm 100% correct there. And... um, Really, because the main issue was, to get the numbers that they were claiming, you would need to first establish the evidence that you could recover the compound at all, and then do it faithfully within a given range. And that's kind of the first step in those kinds of uh, 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 analytical chemistry quantitative efforts. And so there's zero question, in my mind at all, that you can detect glyphosate down to a few parts per billion. We know that. Uh, It can be done. It has been done. That's real. Okay, That's no doubt. Parts per billion, again, being seconds in 32 years. And that's good. And and that's because we can check food. We can check the environment. We can make sure that what's being detected does not exceed a safe level. And we know of effects on aquatic environments. Uh, It would be really tough to uh, harm uh, organisms like humans with this, animals. Um, Certainly plants is very toxic at low, low levels. But, all right, so here we go. What I'm about to talk about today really underscores more the importance of peer review before we accept data. Now, when you publish claims in a document that's really inflammatory with a baby-eating weed killer right on the cover, the work needs to be sober, balanced, and the claims must be extremely careful not to overstep what the data actually say. So last week after this report hit, uh, I inquired with the laboratory that 
did the measurement to ask more about the procedure and didn't get an answer for a, a, a few days. But when they responded, uh, they did this after listening to my podcast on last Saturday's podcast and, uh, and after reading my blog. And I get the sense they weren't really thrilled and probably took my comments as criticism of their company and their techniques and their prowess in doing this. And it wasn't that at all. I'm sure they can do this. I mean, it's, it's, it's doable. It takes a big expensive piece of equipment and expertise in analytical chemistry, which they, they obviously have. No, no question there. The issue is, is I know they can do it, but wasn't sure they did it. In other words, there's an email that was obtained that's circulating from Henry Rollins, Henry Rollins, the guy from Food Democracy Now, not the guy from Black Flag, um, from the from the organization, saying they want a cheap assay. They're not worried about accuracy. So they could have just, you know, paid the company some money and said, uh, "Give us here's some samples. Give us." Estimates, we, we're not really concerned. Get us in the ballpark. That's what we're looking for. And a company could say, yeah, that sounds good. We'll, we'll get you those rough estimates, no problem. Now, um, is that what happened? That's kind of what I figured was happening. That based upon the methods that were provided, the company did a kind of a shortcut job in determining the numbers that were presented. Now, to their credit, the company called and responded, or wrote me an email, and responded to all of my questions. And to my eye, they actually did do the careful upfront work that allowed them to have a legitimate foundation for the claims that have been made. Okay, so the company did it right. Now, they had no idea about the number of samples. I mean, these are a paying client's data. They're not mine. Um, but let's just say this. They were done correctly and obtained honestly, reported to the client honestly. And so the company, they're cool. No problem. Now, the lab does say that the levels were too low for effective quantitation in many of these cases and maybe not reliable at the lowest levels. But there were cases where they could have a reliable signal and no question about that. Okay, so that's that's done. We still have no idea about the number of samples. We have no idea about the variance between sample to sample, uh, how many samples were done. We, all that stuff wasn't answered, but it really doesn't matter. Okay, the levels are extremely low. They're detectable and no problem. Now, Food Democracy Now, Vani Hari, uh, Food Babe, they only wanted one thing from this, and that is one thing, a non zero number show me something that uh that what they want is a number that they can use that they can say is alarmingly high now even in parts per trillion so let's say one second since the birth of christ that would be touted as an alarming level that's been exactly how they portrayed the data they have so we'll talk about that in a minute but thank you thank you to enresco labs um, this was never meant to impugn the quality of your work. It appeared as though the organization that requested it didn't care about accuracy. They wanted a non-zero number and got one. And it seemed to me they probably just fooled you into providing that. And that's why I reached out. 
I wanted to not only get more information, but also let you know that you, your name and your company's um, uh, reputation was being heavily reused inside this brochure as a, uh, as, as a basis for credible information. And I think you did give that to them. So I'm eating a little bit of crow, but not too much, because in retrospect, um, maybe I should have contacted the lab first. You know, that's probably one lesson that could be learned here. But in the age of the Internet, where this fancy brochure goes out and gets thousands and thousands of shares, where people wrote to me that they were throwing away their Cheerios, where people said they were returning them to Costco, if we're going to have a, uh, if we have to counter a fear campaign, it has to be fast. And that's the Internet's fault. That's the fault of the way that we communicate science these days through these kind of channels. Basically, when we jump in and we correct fake news, it's hard to do it accurately and hard. it's easy to make mistakes. And this is why we must reject any and all such information when it's published online, when it's given to us in a brochure, when it's handed out by activists without going through the proper peer-reviewed channels. Now, peer review does remain the gold standard, and even if, if it's still, even then, it still requires critical evaluation. And that's true for everything, not just these issues on biotech and herbicide. I mean, certainly everything I've ever published is always up for criti- criticism and critical reevaluation. So what we can say is that the lab did this work correctly and reported it correctly, including the asterisk that says that the limit of quantitation is five parts per billion, and that the samples exhibited very low recovery and or response, and that's those that are asterisked, um, that the above amounts are rough estimates at best and may not represent accurately an accurate representation of the sample. So what they're telling us is that you know they've done multiple samples, they probably got some zeros and some other numbers that together gave a high variance high variation between samples at extremely low levels, which makes it very difficult to pin a number on that amount. Now, it's just my guess. They don't know how many samples they did, or at least didn't pass that along, and don't have to. You know, these were privately obtained data published in a private brochure, not peer-reviewed. So are they detecting something correctly? Absolutely. And would any analytical chemist which I'm not, by the way, Um, I just work with good ones, say the numbers are good based upon the methods presented? Absolutely not. So that's the bottom line. The company did did it right. They detected levels that were on the edge of nothing and, um, and reported that to the company where now the company says those are alarming levels. So it means the question switches to, does it mean the numbers matter. Are the quantities detected something you should be worried about? And the answer is no. Now let's put this into perspective and we'll use time as a good example. Um, The Cheerios example. They say they detected um, just over um, uh, a thousand 
uh, parts per billion. So let's just say a thousand seconds or whatever the actual number was in 32 years. And I, I did the math on this. And the actual number works out to be, let's say, 18 minutes, 45 seconds in 32 years. Now, what's toxic? Well, the acute oral toxicity of glyphosate, and this is like, you know, not, this is like lethal effects, LD50 effects, meaning it kills half the uh, animals that would consume these levels. The acute oral toxicity is uh, 10 million micrograms per kilogram or 10 million parts per billion. So they're detecting a thousand. 10 million would be lethal. And so the lethal dose is 10,000 times higher than their highest detected sample. Now that's, uh, you get an ADI, so this uh, um, maximum allowable daily intake of 150 milligrams per day. And um, let's put this in context of the cereal. So 150 milligrams per day, um, one kilogram of cereal, okay, uh, contains a microgram of glyphosate. If it's one thousand parts per billion and i know this is getting crazy math <laughs> it gets worse because i bought a box of terrier cheerios and i counted them uh 4793 cheerios in a box of cheerios and so four boxes of cheerios would get you to that one microgram it would take four thousand boxes of cheerios to reach a milligram it would take you four million boxes of Cheerios to get to a gram of glyphosate. So 4 million boxes of Cheerios to get to that gram of glyphosate. Now I'm about 100, 100 kilograms. I'm pushing 220 now. Um, actually not quite, but getting there. Working up that way. Um, so 100 kilograms times 10 grams per kilogram, which is the lethal dose, um, would be 4 billion boxes of Cheerios to get that acute lethal dose now um when vani hari calls this stuff poison like she did all over her website um you would have to be to be poisoned you would need to eat four billion boxes of cheerios and if you laid those end to end the long way it would wrap around the earth 30 times so good luck with that it's also not clear why the organic products are coming back with any detectable levels and um you know, is it the method? Is it, you know, the company used? Is it the manufacturer that's commingling um, uh, genetic engineered and non-genetic engineered product or glyphosate treated and non-glyphosate treated product? Or is it uh, the farmer who's not accurately reporting? And the bottom line is, who knows? Who cares? It's on the edge of nothing. It's a physiologically insignificant dose, and it really doesn't matter. So the bottom line is, Thank you for listening to the clarification. Am I moving the goalpost? Absolutely. But that's what science does when we're confronted with evidence. We move the goalpost and we take on a different discussion. It does not change that this brochure from Food Democracy Now! basically used a good lab technique and a reasonable laboratory to find a non-zero number and then now is using that reliable detection to scare people about their food. And it's using science that numbers that don't stand up to peer review and could never, ever pass peer review as presented. 
So incomplete methods, overstepping data, making leaps that you can't make honestly, you know, that's, that's kind of the hallmark of the folks who are against genetic engineering. They don't use the correct scientific methods nor the correct uh, conventions on showing our work and discussing it in a fair and honest way. So, to conclude, we can trust the numbers, yes. That's exactly what the company says. There's no statistics, no idea how many samples, no variation. You know, if the company says that these numbers are unreliable and they're asterisked, that is an honest assessment. They just can't say they're reliable numbers. And it's also important to notice that uh, in the website of um, the Detox Project, they leave those asterisks out and they don't present the phrase that the company gives saying um, very clearly that the numbers are, um, are exhibit an extremely low recovery and response and that they're rough estimates and do not necessarily represent accurate representation inside the sample. They leave that out. How convenient. So does it mean that report is valid? Absolutely not. It never went through peer review and it should not be considered legitimate. Now, does this mean you should stop eating Cheerios? <laughs> no. Um, the levels uh, that have been detected are impossibly small. And they're at the limit of detection. They're getting close. Um, and uh, certainly, it's a testament to how well we can detect something that's almost not there. So, I do thank Anresco Labs for answering my questions on the day before Thanksgiving. I know everybody probably uh, wanted to go home and, you know, guy from Florida wants to know about how many, uh, how many Cheerios you stuck in the blender. Um, what have I learned from this? Well, people want honest and correct information. And I try to provide that as fast as possible. I mean, I, the day this stuff broke, I had a million things to do. And I didn't want to write a blog. I didn't want to think about this. I didn't want to have to, to you know, sort through it. But I did it. It cut into my gym, gym time. It cut into a whole other stuff that I had to not do because I took the time to do this. I did reach out to the company. took them time to respond that they normally don't respond at all. So thanks. But what we really need and the way to fix this is we need to demand more honesty from organizations like Food Democracy Now, Organic Consumers Association, or the Food Babe. They're taking numbers that are on the edge of nothing and using them to scare people that their families are being poisoned. I think that's the real problem here. It would be nice if I could uh, <laughs> not have to look at these things critically and try to debunk them in the first place. So as the story continues to develop, I'll continue to uh, make corrections or additions. It's about getting it right. And, uh, you know, I apologize to anybody who, uh, who uh, felt slighted by this in the company. I wasn't, a, uh, again, it wasn't a uh, dig on your professional expertise. I know uh, analytical chemists and uh, work with them very carefully, very closely, and uh, respect them very much. So... Uh, your ability to detect something on the edge of nothing is a pretty cool technique and, and good stuff. So, uh, thank you very much for listening to this special issue of the Talking Biotech Podcast. I'm Kevin Fulta. If you have additional questions, reach out at kevinfulta at gmail.com. I'll be happy to answer your questions. 
Have a very nice Thanksgiving and uh, tune in Saturday to the normal podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Talking Biotech, sponsored by Calabra, the platform that bridges the gap between siloed research tools. With Calabra's electronic lab notebook, scientists can work together in real time, sharing data and insights with ease. Revolutionize your research collaboration. Sign up for a demo today at calabra.app, C-O-L-A-B-R-A dot A-P-P.